With your host, Bishop Carl Hodges. We say good evening, Bishop. And good evening to you, Hampton Rose 757. Good evening and God bless you, every one of you, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. So glad to be back with you. So glad to be uh, sharing this precious time with you, our listening audience. We're coming to you. In the state of Virginia, that's southeastern Virginia and northeastern North Carolina. You can find us on WPCE 1400 AM, WGPL 1350 AM, and WBXB 100.1 FM. This is Marriage and Family Clinic, and we're here to lift you up. We're here to inspire you, to advise you, to provide you guidance to help you find out what makes you tick in your marriage and your family relationships with the ultimate goal of helping you men to repair uh, and even perfect your marriage and family relationships. So welcome to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Uh, If you want to hear this episode or any others in the Marriage and Family Clinic family, You can listen to those episodes. You can listen to the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. Search that there 
and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Hope you tune in and listen to us. I want to welcome everyone from every state in the United States of America, and I especially want to welcome everyone from every other country in the world. You're joining, joining us from multiple countries, multiple continents, and we sincerely appreciate you. We are deeply honored by you joining in. So we praise God for you and we pray that you're blessed, you're encouraged, and you're uplifted by listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Now, before we get into tonight's program, I just want to make an announcement to you. Uh, in about a little more than 24 hours, I'm going to be part departing for the country of Japan. I'm, I have an assignment to work in Japan that's going to take about two years here. So I will be resident in Japan beginning uh, in two days for the next two years. And I'm asking your prayers as we go forth over there, uh, attempting to do the Lord's work, trying our best to advance the kingdom of God in this world. And I'm still going to be sending you broadcasts. I'm still going to be publishing Marriage and Family Clinic. We're going to call in. We're going to send our audio files in. We're going to make a live recording. We're going to call in live. We're still going to do this. Until the Lord says different, we're still going to do this. And so beginning next week, our program will be coming to you from the nation of Japan. All the way on the other side of the world. So again, lift us up in prayer as we go forth over there. Now, on uh, we've presented you subjects in the past a couple of times on the subject of divorce. And last week we talked about uh, love versus divorce. We talked about how to love through. How to love through and, and not seeing yourself divorce. And today I want to continue to talk a little bit about divorce. And today I want to talk about when to divorce. I want to deal with the question of when to divorce. Because again, I know someone is hanging on. Someone is wondering when to divorce. And I'm going to tell you, I know that I'm in the right vein. Because on last week, oh my God, hallelujah. On last week, as soon as we completed the broadcast, I mean, we had just signed off. I received a text from someone who said, you were talking directly to me. Because I was that one getting ready to throw in the towel. And I told you at the beginning of the broadcast on last week, I pointed my finger in the air, but told you on air, I was pointing my finger at you and told you, pick that towel up. Don't you dare throw in that towel. And not only that, but even on Sunday morning, someone, a sister came up to me and says, look, I, you got to pray. I'm about to throw in the towel. I'm about to get rid of him. I'm about to get rid of him. And it's not the fact, and I want to make this strong statement. I want to make this strong declaration. It's not that we don't love each other when we divorce. We just don't know how to love each other through what we're dealing with. And we end up divorcing. I'm going to mention that again in a few minutes also. So hang on here. Hang on. So we want to deal with the question of when do we divorce? Is there ever a time to divorce? 
Well, of course, the short answer is yes, but there ought to be more than a yes and a no. I was listening to the radio on the way home, riding up the uh, interstate this afternoon. I was listening to a radio, and there was a Bible teacher on who said that the Bible permits divorce in the case of fornication. And if he fornicates, then you're free to leave him. You are free to leave him. And I don't believe it's that simple. The Bible does mention one reason to allow for divorce. And that is fornication. That is adultery. Fornication is adultery. And adultery is fornication. They're one and the same even while they're different. I don't have time to deal with that. But the Bible does allow. Jesus does speak and allow for divorce in the case of fornication or adultery. One thing we ought to understand, though, when Jesus spoke this word uh, in that particular time, it was the men who divorced the women. It was men who could put women away. And again, I don't have time to that, but we've evolved from that somewhat. And we've come to realize that the Bible allows for divorce in the case of adultery or fornication. Listen, this is this is this is solid right here. This is you got to perk up and you got to listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you here. The Bible does allow for divorce in the case of fornication or adultery. However, that does not mean that that is the only reason for divorce. Because when Jesus spoke this in the Bible, all of the ways that we could abandon a marriage, all of the ways that we could abandon a marriage or we could forsake marriage vows, the ways today that exist did not exist back then. Because we're dealing with a phenomenon today that we've never seen before. We're dealing with the phenomenon of women trying to become men and men trying to become women. And if you stood at the altar and said, I do to a husband, or you stood at the altar and said, I do to a wife, and now it's one, three, five, seven, ten, fifteen years down the road, you've been married all of this time, and now your wife or your husband decides they want to assume the role of the opposite sex, they want to do the best that they can to be to change their sex which is a total impossibility that 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 that's a phenomenon we haven't dealt with before and if you're married to a man or you're married to a woman and they tell you that I'm getting ready to change my sex a man wants to become a woman or a woman wants to become the man listen honestly I am totally void of how to make that a workable situation. I am totally void of how to make that situation work, how to turn that situation around. Because if they go through with that act, it changes the marriage. It changes the marriage. Any way you slice that pie, there, there, is a, there is a living violation of God's word. A living violation of God's word. 
You cannot become a man and maintain your marriage to a man. You cannot become a woman and maintain your marriage to a woman. Simply put, that is a living, moving, breathing, walking, talking violation of God's word. And although I never, I never advise to divorce, but quite honestly, quite honestly, I think that would take on the character of fornication. If you're a man who married a woman, but the woman wanted to become a man. Well, I, I, my goodness, it's, it's too, it's too mind boggling to even deal with. What I want you to get though, is that is a situation that I just don't have an answer for. It definitely deserves some separation. All right. But listen, I, I want to reiterate something that I said last week. I want to go back over a little something that I said last week. And that is this right here. You may love your spouse for real. You love your spouse for real. You love your husband. You love your wife. You stood at the altar and you were serious when you spoke those marriage vows. You were serious when you made those vows. And you really meant for them to be. You really meant for your marriage to be till death do us part. You love your spouse for real. However, something can happen in the marriage. Or it may be something that has happened numerous times. Or something that happens one time. But this thing that happens, the impact of it, it stretches you beyond your ability to handle it. It is beyond your ability to handle it. It is beyond your ability to love through it. You just don't know how to love through some things. You don't know how. It's a deep hurt. It's a deep betrayal. Uh, it's a continued disregard, a continued disrespect, a continued insensitivity. It's happened, it's occurred over a long time, over the span of years. Or it's a hurt that's inflicted just one time. Whatever that may be, whether it be adultery, uh, uh, whether it be an affair, or whether it be stealing from you, whatever the case may be. Something may happen either once or numerous times, and it taxes you so deeply, emotionally, even spiritually, you find that it stretches you beyond your ability to handle it. You don't know how to love through it. You don't know how to love through some things. And when you have tried all you know to try, for as long as you have tried it, for some people it is years. Some women have been waiting on God to save their husbands for years. Some women have been taking various forms of abuse for years, waiting on their husbands to turn around. Some husbands have been waiting on their wives for years, waiting on God to deal with them, talking with them, sharing with them, taking foolishness from them, waiting on their wives for years, waiting for them to turn around. But after you've done all that you know to do, mm, for as long as you know to do it, and you can't figure out any other way, 
you very well may conclude that divorce is your only option. But we're dealing with the question of when to divorce. When to divorce. Let me tell you one thing. You ought not divorce before you know exactly why you are divorcing. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you divorce until you know why you are divorcing. Why in the world would I say such a thing? Because you're saying to me right now, I hear you, you're sitting there on the couch, you're listening to me, you may be riding in your car, you're listening to me, and you're saying, Bishop Hodges, you don't know what I'm going through. And what do you mean, wait till I know why I'm divorcing? I know exactly why I want to divorce this joker. I know exactly why I want to divorce this woman. Hmm. But let's back up. Stop the truck, back up. You may not be announcing to yourself truthfully why you are divorcing. The Bible may very well permit divorce in the case of adultery or fornication, but it does not make divorce mandatory. You have to choose divorce. Hmm. Let me say that again. The Bible may permit divorce in the case of adultery, but it does not make divorce mandatory. Even Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you know, if, if there's a saved wife who has an unsaved husband and he doesn't want to dwell with her, let him go. Or if it's a saved wife and an unsaved husband who does want to live, live with her or be with her, be, remain married to her, keep him. You may let him go. And I think this was a deficiency in the teaching that my brother was speaking over the radio on my way home this afternoon. He was saying that you, you just let him go. Just let it. No, don't trivialize it that way. Don't minimize the issue of divorce. Let us not minimize severing and breaking the marriage bond. And that's the first thing we need to do with marriage. We need to esteem marriage highly. It's a holy union. We call marriage the bonds of holy matrimony. Let's esteem marriage highly. Lift it up higher. So that we can understand that even though there is a situation in which the Bible may allow divorce, it does not make divorce mandatory. Why not? Because forgiveness and reconciliation are always God's best options. I know they are. Because in Isaiah, the first chapter, God says to the sinner, come now and let us reason together. You and me, sinner. This is God talking. Brother sinner, sister sinner, you and me, sinner, come on, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. And if God can reason with us, if God can invite us to the reason table, as sinful as we are, as pure as he is, then there must be a way, especially for those of us who claim to have faith in God, there must be a way that we can mediate the issues 
that are causing separation from us, between us. Forgiveness and reconciliation are always God's best option. So even though God permits divorce, the couple must still choose to divorce. It may be an option, but you still have to choose it. And so what I'm telling you is you ought to know why you're divorcing. You must tell yourself, you must look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am choosing to divorce. But he committed adultery, yes, but you still have to choose what to do about it. You can work on forgiveness and reconciliation or you can terminate the marriage. You must choose. You must choose. All right? So a couple does not divorce because one or both committed adultery. Why are you getting a divorce? Because he committed adultery. Because she committed adultery. That's not why you're getting a divorce. It certainly does not help. And I don't want you to think that I'm just splitting hairs. I don't want you to think that I'm talking semantics here. We do the things that we do. We behave the way that we do. We conduct ourselves the way that we do. Because of the way that we think. And we think the way that we do because of the way we feel. Our feelings drive our thinking. Our thinking drive our conduct and behavior. Our conduct and our behavior brings us our results. And that's the bottom line of it. If one person in the, in the, in the marriage, be it the husband or the wife, if they divorce, then the other is going to have to decide in their own minds how they want to respond to it. So you don't divorce because he or she committed adultery. You don't divorce because he or she uh, 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 committed fornication. You don't divorce because he or she is abusive. You divorce because of the way you interpret the adultery. You divorce because of the way you interpret the fornication. That's why you divorce. It's the way you view it. It's the way you place an understanding on it. It's the way that it challenges your values. It's the way that it challenges your thinking and your feeling and your doing. It's all about the way that you interpret the adultery. If one of you or if both of you interpret the adultery as unforgivable or irreconcilable, you may conclude that the only way to handle this is to divorce. Divorce is the only option. And that, that happens on, on adultery, adultery on the first time or adultery on the fifth time, whatever the case may be. So what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to you is that you can bring yourself closer to healing. You can know better how to do, what to do when you look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable for your choice. So if you choose to divorce, you should not do so until you can say truthfully why it is you're divorcing. I'm divorcing because of the way I interpret the situation. 
based on my interpretation of the situation, I am left with nothing else but divorce. But see, when you come to the conclusion that you have nothing but divorce, you're going to have to include in there God's best is always forgiveness and reconciliation. God's best is always forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, there's going to be those two or three times when it doesn't work. I know that. I know that. But more often than not, when you're talking about these irreconcilable differences as the reason for divorce, uh-uh, uh-uh, you skipped over God's best. You did not, you failed to recognize God's best, which is forgiveness and reconciliation. Some other things, we can have another discussion. But more often than not, more often than not, especially for believers, we're not recognizing the power and the value of God's best option, which is forgiveness and reconciliation. You have to take accountability for the choices you make based on your interpretation. And you have to decide whether or not your interpretation is serving you well. You have to take accountability for your decision. It is my decision. And my decision is based on my interpretation of the matter at hand. And this is crucial. This is crucial. Why is this crucial? Because because uh, 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 I was looking at Facebook this morning and my son put a post on there, put a post on Facebook that said, whoever said, just be yourself should be taken out back and dealt with something like that. What is the solution when being you is the issue? And this is why I say you're going to have to take accountability and responsibility for your choice. Take accountability and responsibility for your interpretation of the situation. Because you may interpret it as your spouse. You may interpret it as your husband or your wife when, when honestly, it's a lot of you also. It is a lot of you. What do you do? People are telling you just be yourself. But what do you do? When you being yourself is the real issue. And you're going to be blind to the possibility of you playing a larger role in the breakdown in the relationship than you actually did play when you failed to see yourself. I told you last week about those blind spots. Parts of our personality, parts of our conduct, parts of our behavior, those parts of us that we fail to see and others can see them clearly. People will try to tell us about our blind spots. We'll reject them. We think they're coming against us. And this is one reason I hear, I, I really don't like to hear preachers talk about your haters, your haters, your haters. Listen, everybody doesn't hate you. Everybody is not a hater. Some people who don't want to have anything to do with you, they are not haters. The truth of the matter is, they see parts of you that you ignore. And Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, the sermon touches on your misconduct. The sermon touches on your personality and your deficiencies. 
but you fail to receive it because you're pointing the finger at others. I want to make this as simple as possible. I want to make this really simple. When do you divorce? I cannot tell you when to divorce as much as I can tell you when not to divorce. So do not divorce until you have faith faced the truth about why you are divorcing. And then when you have faced the truth about why you are divorcing and the truth is the interpretation of the situation. When that truth works on you, when that truth works in you, then you contemplate, hopefully prayerfully, then you contemplate divorce. But what is your solution when being you is the issue? Here's something that I want to help you. I touched on this last week. I want to touch on it a little bit now. You need to get some help with your interpretation. It's your interpretation. You feel like that your values, your principles, your being, your identity is so challenged that you can no longer deal with it. Get some help with your interpretation of your situation. Again, I can't tell you when to divorce, but I can tell you when not to. Do not divorce before you can be honest with yourself about why it is you're divorcing, and that is your interpretation of your situation. That's number one. Number two, do not divorce until you have gotten some good, solid, concrete, qualified, quality help with your interpretation. And, that, and what I'm saying here is that that's the benefit of a counselor or a third party. They can help you clarify your interpretation. If you can get help sorting out your interpretation, if you can get help, and here's the biggie right here, if you can get help sorting out your emotions, if you can develop some emotional maturity, if you can get your emotions healed, that's going to help you immensely with your interpretation. You can come nearer to reconciliation. You can come nearer to forgiveness. When you enlist the help of a third party to sort out your interpretation of your situation. A lot of us have thought about throwing in the towel, but then we wouldn't talk to that right person. And it's surely not the person that will tell us what we want to hear. It's surely not the person. I don't know why you've taken it this long. I would have left a long time ago. And everybody who says that are probably divorced themselves. They lost, they've lost sight on their marriages themselves. So again, I cannot tell you when to divorce. But I can sure tell you two times when you do not divorce. Number one, do not divorce until you can honestly say to yourself why you are divorcing. And that is all wrapped up in, tied up, tangled up in your interpretation of your situation. And do not divorce until you get some quality help with your interpretation.
Hey, listen, I'm all out of time. I hope that meant something to you. I'm all out of time for this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. If you want to hear this, if you want to hear this or any other episode in the uh, Marriage and Family Clinic uh, uh, series, listen, just go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to uh, 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 iHeartRadio. The name left me there. Go to those three formats, platforms, and just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You will find us there. And as always, do me a favor. Send me an email. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Let me know if this is helping you, doing anything for you. Inbox me on Facebook. Text me, whatever you want to do. Bishop Carl Hodges, you can find me on Facebook. Look me up there. Send me something that will let me know whether or not we're doing you any good. All right? We got to get out of here. But remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out. It's better to say nothing if you don't have something good. You've been tuned in to the Family and Marriage Clinic with your host, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on your station for praise. WGPL 1350. Destructive and disorder. Really. Really.